0: Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a consulting firm um, uh, founded by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, and former Army officer. And we appreciate Higher Echelon sponsoring this podcast. And uh, we're going to bring in one of the greats of Army football. Um, When you talk Army football and when you talk about Army's past – yeah, we are going to bring in the great Mike Mayweather. Mike, thanks a lot for joining us tonight.
1: No problem. No problem.
0: You know, I was doing a little research on you. Of course, I going back to my beat writing days, I knew every stat on Mike Mayweather, right? So I needed a refresher today, right? Because it's,
1: it's, <laughs> it's been a while. Been right. <laughs> Time is flying.
0: <laughs> it's been a while. We're going to add Steve Anderson in here right now. Hey, we have Steve here hey, Steve we have the great Mike Mayweather joining the po- podcast today
2: man when i was 18 years old and i remember hearing about mike mayweather <laughs> as a young pressure cadet being you know talking to guys like pat mealy and kingsley Ahe. and <laughs> uh, man sir it's uh it's great to to catch up with you and let you know you know just before um you know we really get into it you were one of the people we all looked up to um, as 18-year-old young young men uh, just starting at the prep school. So uh, appreciate everything you did for the legacy of Army football, and uh, it's good to finally catch up.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate the kind words, Steve. And don't call me sir; I'm Mike. <laughs>
2: all right, back uh, back, uh, uh, you know, kind of habit. So, but okay, but, yeah, uh, I know. It's great. It's great to have you on here. Mm-hmm. Um and definitely look forward uh, to hearing uh, uh the story.
0: Okay, let's get this out of the way first, Steve. We're gonna get all his accolades out of the way first because I, like I said, I did some research and four thousand two hundred and ninety nine career rushing yards, most in Army history. Twenty one one hundred yard games,
1: mm-hmm. thirty
0: seven career touch rushing touchdowns. Now, Mike, tenth in the Heisman Trophy voting your senior year. I think you're probably the last Army football player to ever receive a Heisman
1: vote. I think the most surprising thing about that is I actually got some first place votes. So. Three. Three first place Heisman votes, Steve. Three. Three. Um, yeah, you know what, though? If I had finished hiring with my class ranking as a student, I probably would have been hiring the Heisman, but hey, they didn't have a story. So.
0: Steve. Finalists for the Doke Walker Award. Finalists mm-hmm. for the Doke Walker Award. Yeah, Three yeah. 1000 yard seasons consecutively, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I what am I missing here? First team All American. First yeah. team All American. Wow. Mike, yeah. um, and then how we usually start this podcast is um how you got to West Point. What's your story on how Army uh got the greatest running back in well, modern day Army history?
1: That is an interesting story because, honestly, from pure recruiting, I should not have been at West Point. I uh, uh, actually, from just pure recruiting, probably should have gone to the University of Missouri because they did, they did. I mean, they they really they really did a good job of recruiting. me. Actually, in hindsight, I found out, and actually, I don't know. I guess Jay Robertson would not have been there with you, Steve, I think you're a little younger. Uh, uh, But Jay Robinson was a recruiting, he was the coach that recruited our area. And he actually, he and I became friends, uh, really good friends after I graduated and whatnot or what have you. But in his own words, he was not that sold on me. And in fact, my understanding is that the football team was not going to tag me uh, as a football, as one of their football players um, in the uh, for admissions. Now I was uh, initially, I mean, I was, I was. I went to a a, a private high school in uh, St. Louis, actually one of the more exclusive high schools in the St. Louis area. And so the academics were extremely strong. And I was a pretty good student. Didn't test well uh, uh, on the SATs. And that was one of the questions from an admission standpoint. But I wasn't going to the prep school, not because there was something wrong with the prep school. I just didn't understand the real connection with the prep school and it, it was to me like like an automatic loss of a first year, which is what it was. And that's not really what I wanted to do. Um but what really what really wound up happening was I got I learned what the recruiting game was really about. And what I mean is, of course, coming out of high school, I'm five seven 185 pounds. You know, there's not a lot of schools interested in that, and so at the beginning of the recruiting process, uh, I was, you know, I mean, I was, I mean, I was all state three years in the state of Missouri and all metro, and had a bunch of accolades uh, in the area. But again, the size came into play. Uh, so I've, I got looks early, but as as people signed, folks walked away. I was, I was, you know, at one time being recruited by. Uh, Notre Dame by, uh, geez, Stanford. And I'll tell you what happened was, uh, you know, I started getting bumped upside the head through the recruiting process. Um, what happened, um, first, thing, like Stanford, I actually wanted to go to Stanford. My, uh, my high school buddy, my best friend in high school, uh, uh, Turner Bauer, uh, he actually, I mean, they were recruiting both of us. Uh, but the week of my visit, they dropped me. They dropped me from the you know from the recruiting list, and they never contacted me. They actually sent a letter to my high school football coach, telling him that they they would they would continue to recruit Turner, but they weren't interested in me. They had another, they had another uh, back in their system uh, like similar to me, so they weren't interested. Uh, and uh, so, um, so after that. It was Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech had offered me a scholarship. However, and this is an interesting story, and it just kind of tells you how things kind of go full circle. Uh, Bill Curry was the head coach at Georgia Tech, and his staff was the staff that uh, offered me the scholarship. However, I don't know if you guys remember, he left Georgia Tech that year and went to coach at Alabama. Who we played against in the Sun Bowl. So I actually played against his staff at the Sun Bowl when we played them in uh I guess that was 88. Now, when I went, I, I still took me so that so so things were really, really kind of up in the air with Georgia Tech. And that's who I was really resolved to go to at that point. Uh, but I went to my visit for Georgia Tech. And I don't know if you guys remember Bobby Christian, he was a fullback. For the Atlanta Falcons, um, he was a uh, uh, he was a pretty he was actually he was a running back in high school, and was he was actually all metro with me uh, in St. Louis, and so we actually took our visit on the same weekend. We got there, and of course, who's the new head coach at Georgia Tech that year? Bobby Ross. <laughs> so you know, so Bobby Ross takes over and of course i think i think their first week was the week of my visit and they of course had no idea who i was and what's interesting and it, you know they it's just the nature of the beast they were uh so uh, i mean bobby and i when we were on our you know they didn't know who he was either it actually when we, we you know we kind of compared notes on the flight home and so you know, of course, he won he actually winds up going to Northwestern, who we play against my sophomore, yeah, I missed that game, but he was there, and you know, so it's just kinda kind of interesting how things go full circle, but um, so at that point, I was really just kind of you know shaking I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on, and like I said, army, I mean it's not like I was getting calls you know every other week, every two weeks. <laughs> In a moment. <laughs> you know what? In fact, I did not see Coach Robertson until he came up. He actually came up to watch film of me after I—I I mean, I got gotten once I've gotten once I got it got admitted. That's when he actually looked at film of me, and he, he admitted that to me after the fact. So, so what 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 really wound up happening? What was left on the board for me was the University of Missouri. I had actually taken a visit to Cornell and the University of Penn, and of course, they were they were very interested. Um, but what really pushed me to West Point was two things. Number one, coming from the high school. See, at that time, the University of Missouri had a lot of problems recruiting the St. Louis area. And basically, I didn't go to Missouri because Nobody at my school wanted me to go to Missouri. It was like, "You know what you've got an opportunity and and uh, I had a mentor, my mentor in St Louis, and we'll get to that story if you if you, if you guys like uh you know he was you know very, very helpful to me in sitting down and kind of talking about my options, my real options and so so that was one of the reasons that pushed me to West Point. And the other reason was I wanted to play Division I football. And I said to myself, you know what? You know, the whole recruiting thing was a wake up call to me. And I said to myself, you know, I better have options in my life. And so and so that's what I, that's why I went to West Point. And, as, and, and once again, another Mayweather myth. Uh, all of my classmates tried to say, You know, I walked into West Point, (laughs) you know, glittering in the big recruit. The very first, I mean, I was at the low end of the depth chart when I first got there. And I know that because the very first person that I went up against when I when we started, uh, you know, fall practice was Greg Gatson, And, you know, Greg Gatson coming in the senior year was, you know, you know, he was the man. So that tells me where I was. <laughs> now, what I say to them, no, I started at the depth chart and lower in low in the depth chart. I wasn't there very long, but <laughs> but that's where I started.
2: Mike, what what uh what I like hearing, and we hear it from so many uh, so many army football players, is um, almost it it creates a, you know the recruiting process almost creates a chip on your shoulder. Um, yeah, it did. Yeah, where. You know, you got. You know, at at one point, you know, Notre Dame was talking to you in in '88. Shit, Notre Dame was winning a national right. championship, right?
1: Uh, right, and you know what's interesting is Bobby Ross wins the national championship at uh, at uh, at Georgia Tech, and I would have been there possibly. So, yeah. so
2: mm-hmm. um, and you know, just like you, I had a great GPA. Mike, mm-hmm. I just I didn't test very well, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, another similarity that we see a lot of uh, in a lot of football players but you know you talking about options right and I'd yes. love to hear the story in a minute about the mentor and, and and how options when you graduate is is everything when you become a man right That's, and at yeah. 18 years old right Mike you're talking about you know I'm going pro I'm playing at Georgia Tech I'm playing <laughs> right so right I, I don't need options like my, I have my plan a right Plan B is right. plan a um again a lot of those same you know it's funny because me and you are you know 15 years apart but uh, you know we're hearing all you know
1: all the same all stuff same well you know what the pro- it's uh, i guess what's the amazing thing is the process really hasn't changed much didn't change much when i was there between the 15 years between you and me Hasn't changed too much either. I mean, they've done, they're doing some different things, but at the end of the day, the process still is pretty much the same. Which is, it's a numbers game for them. Yep. You know, they they tell they go out and talk to all these young kids, and you know, tell them all of these different things. But at the end of the day, you're on a you know, you're a number. You're a part of a pecking order, a pecking system, and you know what? If you, as an individual, Growing up, making decisions, put your trust in that kind of system. You know, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be. Most are gonna be disappointed because, once again, what's the percentage of guys who make it to the next level? Two or three percent.
2: I like your, uh, I like your story about how everybody said you were glittering when you came in, and you were automatically the Mike Mayweather we know.
1: Right. <laughs> I remember.
2: I think my freshman year, this is after prep school too, so mm-hmm. mind you, I had a year that everybody kind of knew this, the the linebacker, Steve Anderson, from the prep school. They were just waiting to see what, what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on, you know, we had, we had depth. Try now,
1: where you tra- what where did you play high school football?
2: I played in Maryland, Mike.
1: In Maryland? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So I was part of the, you know, me and Pat Mealy played, you know, 40 minutes from each other. But okay. we had – 200 guys, 220 guys on our fall roster my freshman year. And we had A through I. Yep.
1: Okay? <laughs>
2: and Mike, I walked in that locker room, and mind you, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm finally here. It's time to make the change. Like, we're going to start winning, right? right? And I'm on I, Mike. So <laughs> disrespectful, so disrespectful my life.
1: Right. And you know what? It's, uh, it's, it took, it's one, just, it took yeah. one
2: toss play, Side, and uh-huh. I threw everything up and then I was on C.
1: Um, there you go. The very next day, so it's interesting you say that, Steve, because probably for me, the best thing do, I, I didn't understand how their depth charts work. So of course it didn't, <laughs> you know, it didn't sink in where I really was. So and what's funny is just like what you just said, uh Greg Gatson, who I mean, you know, actually Greg was my host. When I when I actually took my visit to West Point, and so when I, you know what, uh, I I went up against him twice, and I whacked him pretty good, and, and and I just you know <laughs> after that it was old JY get him out of here, <laughs> so yeah, but no I you know exactly Steve I hear you I hear you,
2: <laughs> so Mike if you would kind of talk to us about that that conversation that sit down with the mentor because from maryland when i when i when i played ball in maryland maryland did a lot of like hey you're from maryland here's your offer and that's it we're not going to spend a lot of time whining and dining you and a lot of maryland players didn't go to the university of maryland they ended up at penn state or west virginia or schools around maryland to where they saw them but didn't go to maryland because maryland didn't really whine and dine football players from maryland what they did was they really just took it for granted, like, hey, you're from Maryland, we're gonna offer you, we expect you to come here. And that was kind of the that was kind of the mentality we got when I when I went through high school football in Maryland. Um, so you talking about Missouri, you're from St. Louis, like mm-hmm. you know, you would want you would believe a player like that from Missouri, you know, you're trying to go there, right? You you want to play ball for your home, your home state, but you know, it's just your mentor sits you down and he, he talks to you. Let, let me let me give you some some wisdom here so what was that conversation like
1: well i guess i have to start at the beginning with that one so so it'll be a long story so but it's i i think it'll be well worth it i've um i, I grew i i have to kind of even give you an idea of how he became i mean i mean it's it's an it's an amazing story and it's, and it's a uh a, it's an a testament to the the triune God that we serve. Um, you know, I've been put in a lot of different situations in my life and I I, I give thanks to God because He's given me a disposition that has allowed me to see things uh beyond He's given me wisdom and and and, and insight beyond my, you know, beyond where I am age-wise, or where I was and and whatnot. And this has been through all of my life. So uh, he's always put put me in situations and put people in my life that have always been a driving force for me. And, you know, as I go through this story and I go, you know, as we kind of talk through the night, uh i give i go but by the grace of the lord you know but by his grace and his mercy and uh, at the end of the day it has been his hands that have guided me through all of this i could never and 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 i'll just kind of go through the story and then we'll kind of come cir- circle back to it but i grew up in in the inner city of of st louis one of ten one very typical urban family, uh, very poor. Uh, again, the youngest, the youngest boy of ten. I do have a younger sister. Um, I I was a, actually a product from grades from kindergarten to uh, eighth grade of the St. Louis Public School System, which is you know pretty. It was pretty typical of, of pretty typical of most uh, big school districts today. Um, I was a very good student and a couple of teachers recognized that at my eighth grade school. And so they just kind of pushed me to do, to look at uh, other options uh, at going through high school. And so I actually uh, looked at uh, St. Louis Country Day School, which is the school that I went to. Again, I didn't know much about it <laughs> until I actually you know, went through the whole process. Took my, did my interview, saw the campus. I'd never seen anything like it before. Uh, (laughs) So I was convinced to go there and I understand uh, I'm a poor, I mean a poor black kid going to a, uh, 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 very affluent, very affluent (laughs) uh, high school in St. Louis, prep school in St. Louis. And uh, I tell this story and you know, my situation was one of those where you know my first my first year and a half i actually caught the metro bus to school and um uh anytime during that first year and a half i could have stepped off that bus and not gone to school and it wouldn't have mattered to anybody and i would have been just another statistic uh another young you know most of the guys that i went to grade school with A lot of them, I mean, let's face it, seventy percent of them are either dead or in jail. Uh, That's the kind of situation I grew up in. So I get to Country Day, and uh, you know, they had no idea. I I started playing football when I was nine years old, and I was a a really good football player. I mean, I've always I just just you know, it's it's been more not so much talent, but just a will and a disposition. Um, I've never consider myself. I think more than being a running back, I've always thought of myself as a good football player. And the fact of the matter is, I actually, if I, I was the size that I am now, I was, I was, you know, I was that big. I was, I've been this big since seventh grade. I just stopped growing. So I always, Steve, I always fashioned myself as being a linebacker. I I mean, that's, that's really what, you know what i wanted to do and i actually believe the the um the the missouri tigers were looking at me as deep from from a defensive standpoint uh and i think that's why that's why coach Robinson wasn't all that thrilled because i mean i was a good running i was a good running back but i was a i was a a a great football player Uh, i was all state both offense and defense my junior year. So uh so you know I mean either way, you know, you know, that's kind of what so at the end of the day, yes, it was it's it's being a football player that I was. And that's how I that's how I played running back. I played running back as an angry defensive as an angry linebacker. So <laughs> but anyway, so get to, so I for so I get to uh, Country Day. They had no idea about my football, about who I was as a football player, they literally, um, I got there from a recommendation of my, uh, grade school counselor, once again, just based on academics, uh, you know, and so I got there at, I, I mean, I was, I actually, I did not play the entire, uh, my entire freshman year, uh, on the varsity. I, I got brought up pretty much right around the playoffs, but, uh, what pretty much happened to me was um, uh, T Bauer. Actually, I became very good friends with Turner, uh, Turner Bauer. And actually, Turner went on again to go to Stanford. And he actually wound up getting drafted by uh, by the New England Patriots in the sixth round. Uh, Geez, I can't remember what year I want to say. It was maybe 94, or 95. But you know, we were, you know, we were. Uh, we had a lot of th- a lot of things in common, and what really happened was, he and, and 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 I can't say it was really really about me because his his dad, who was a prominent real estate develop T. Bauer uh, Edward T. Bauer, he was a prominent real estate developer in St. Louis, and I'm I was I'm not the only young black kid that he has tried he had tried to mentor. It just so happened that. Our relationship grew closer and stronger than uh, some of the other young men uh, uh, that he had tried to mentor, and literally, it became not exactly like, but but pretty close to uh, the same kind of scenario that happened with the move in the movie The Blind Side with the uh, tackle from uh, from uh, Baltimore. Uh, they invited me into their home, basically pretty much made me a member of their family. Uh, and this lasted from my time at uh, at Country Day, actually actually, up until recently, although when I mean up until pretty much almost today, not so much the last few years because things have happened and we kind of life happens and we've kind of a little bit distanced there. But make no bones about it, I am the father, the husband, uh, uh, that I, you know, I, I am the man that I am today because of their influence. Uh, and, and, and literally when we sat down and talked, it was about, it was about, you know, what's real, you know, like you were saying, Steve, we kind of, you know, we kind of grew up with this idea of of, of, of of these lights in your eyes and, uh, oh, you know, we, you know, there's a reality to, to the world. And it's very, it's, I and mean, it's very easy for, young high schoolers to get to 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 get pushed away from from what's real and pushed into this this make believe world and uh, at the end of the day that what that conversation was just that mike you got to understand what's real look at your situation what's going to be the best situation for you the other side of it too was, you know, my my family didn't have any money to send me off to school anywhere. Couldn't, you know, you know, you know. One of the big things about college football players is is that you know what if you you know if you don't have any boosters helping you, you know, you know, life on campus can be pretty rough. And you know, you know, being coming from a poor background. You know that was de- i was destined for that so what he really did was just uh uh re-emphasize what was going through my mind and 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 really really just kind of showed me you know mike be real about what you're doing and, and 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 at the end of the day uh forget about all of the you know it's about truth you've got to understand the, the way things really are and when you do that and you make your decisions based on that, you know what? That's when you that's when you make good decisions.
2: That's really. Um, yeah. The uh, I'm a huge Baltimore Ravens fan. So obviously mm-hmm. I I know the Michael Moore story. Uh, right. But, um, you know, it's pretty cool to to kind of hear it from someone that has, you know, we, we kind of walk the same line, Mike, um, you know, I'm just a few steps behind, um, and really cool. You know, it's it's hard as an 18 year old young man, you know, to have any kind of perspective on any of that. So, yeah, you know, and like you said, like thank goodness that man was there in your life for those years, because who knows where you would ended up had you know that not happened, um, right. and had it been a different and- a different person or no person at all. Oh, no, brother,
1: let me tell you, still, I have to add to it. I I never knew a father. He is the, he basically the only the the closest thing to a father I've ever known in this world. And and you know, and I and I said, you know, back to what you were saying. Again, I give thanks to God because He has all. He's He's given me a disposition to be able to to man, I mean I you know I can't I can I can't tell you what it really I mean it really I mean uh, his hands have been on me and he is he has given me an instilled an attitude and a disposition that allows for those kind of things and for has allowed for people to really step in and and be a help to me and 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 I just man uh what a God we serve. <sighs>
2: Yeah, I, I think uh I, I mean, you get you get nothing but concurrence on that from me. Uh you know, I I've I've definitely uh had my fair share of uh stepping on my own toe before um and coming out stronger on the other hand and just kind of realizing that, you know, it was just another test uh to make me a better person, a better husband. Uh, In you. In you. you know, you know, so um you you know, i 100% agree on that, Mike. And so you you, you sit down, you have that conversation he, he, he allows you to kind of see you know the right you know you know the right wrong whatever you know but you've make your decision now you're coming to West Point um, and you know I have to imagine uh, a guy like you you know kind of that linebacker running back mentality, like you're coming in, you're doing beast barracks, all you're trying to do is get to the football field and, <laughs> and
0: you, you know. know.
2: Right. Just, uh, you know, you are gonna you're gonna walk with your hands cupped, you're gonna wear whatever right. they tell you to wear. I'll wear black shoes, I'll shine my boots, just put
1: right. the you know, football in my hands <laughs> all, all, Well, all Steve right with
2: the world again.
1: Right, Steve, you know how that works. That whole that old course quad you know, the course quad <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like I remember that's that, your bottle to uh, death. Like,
2: I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, I showed up and the first question I asked was, "Hey, when's football practice?" And <laughs> the leadership is just pounding me like, "Who? Are you what are you talking about? You, you came here to play football just start yelling at me? I'm like, "Well, like that's, that's why you brought me here." Oh, like, <laughs> the reason why I got into this school, like, and uh, you know, I had to, I had to go talk to a a, a major of my TAC officer, and like, hey, you'll get to play football, but tomorrow, we got to get you into the the culture of what it's like at West Pointer,
1: right? I like, Steve. Man,
2: I don't remember them saying
1: anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> trust me i understand <laughs> and you know what facts i think i think i had that I, think I had that attitude probably up until up until a week before graduation <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's Man, we, could, we could we could
0: talk about Mike, great thanks for uh telling us your story about West Point and growing up where you grew up and what led you to kind of be the man you are today. Um, If we can just get a little bit to your playing career, right? I mean, I know we get, we, we said that at the beginning, we we said all your accolades, but I mean, from what I'm, from what I'm hearing from you, right. I mean, freshman year, you you get, you get your opportunities and then it, it just takes off. But I wanted to ask you about first, maybe what that was like, just, you know, you started low, but jumped right up on the, on the depth chart your first um, maybe fondest memory of your Army, your first fondest memory of your Army career. And then it seemed like down the road you would be a guy who like the younger running backs could look up to, right? I mean, as you grew up, that leadership, Steve talked about this too, that leadership grows, right? And then that, um, the, the running backs that came under you that were younger, how you mentored them.
1: Yeah. Well, it's actually, you know, once again, you know, like you said earlier, Steve, I came in with all the stuff from recruiting. I did come in with a chip on my shoulder, but you know what? At the end of the day, man, this was a story. I mean, I, you know what? A, a young kid from inner city of St. Louis coming into West Point and doing what he did—I I couldn't write this script. I mean I, I mean, I couldn't write it better. But what happened? It's uh, you know, just kind—you know, it—it it really was a lot of being. At the right place at the right time, you know. I did when, and when we came out of out of going into the season, plebe year, I was third on the depth chart, and I actually scored a touchdown against my first game against Holy Cross. But what really, really happened was, I don't know if you don't know if you guys remember Tory Crawford. Tory Crawford was our was 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 my plebe year quarterback, and he was a highly touted quarterback. In fact, you know, you know, there was Heisman consideration talk about, you know, him him he was coming in. And and, and I I I I I'll relate it's the funniest thing to tell the story when uh when we when we going we were going into the start of the season and of course uh Tory was the focus. And Coach Young comes he basically you know pulls all the running backs to the side and he goes you know, it got, and it was it arguing you know, if you don't learn how to block, you can't play in this offense. <laughs> and, so, and so, at that point, we knew we understood, hey, we got to take care of, of, of Tory. But at any rate, at about four games in, Tory tears up his knee. And so we go through about four or five uh, quarterbacks. And part of the problem was we, you know, we just had, we had a, because of, the quarterback situation we had a tough time running the triple option and I became actually I did start the second game of the season my plebe year but that was more because of injuries but I became a full-time starter uh after Tory went down because I had a little bit more speed than everybody else and so that was how we were going to you know attack the perimeter i mean just literally just trying to get a little bit more speed out there and what ultimately winds up happening is of course i get more experience uh you know get more comfortable uh i actually um i finished year with like 742 yards so you know i you know and let's see the reality of it is if i play all of year, i may well have had you know, you know, four one thousand yard seasons, but, uh, but you know what? It's everything kind of fell together, uh, you know, uh, Jesus, honestly, through it all, the plea year was the most fun year because, it was like a fairy tale. I mean, <laughs> because you know, I didn't expect those things to happen, and and you know, as time goes on, you know. You know, people start a lot more people start to follow you, you get a little bit more pressure. I was freewheeling it. <laughs> I was I was having a great time. And and it's funny because I tell the story. My best game, my best Army Navy game was my plea beer. And it was literally because that was my most relaxed. I uh started a game. I was literally coast um uh, joking around with Jim Young. And you know the the practice, the Friday practice before the football game, Army Navy at Vet Stadium. You know how you do your walkthroughs and everything. So you know, you know, I was you know really, really kind of a free spirit. And he kind of mentioned it after the game. You know, it's like, "Wow, you know, my guy, you know, you you know, you were so so relaxed." And you know, you know, he kind of kind of hit him on hit him in a way. You know, just kind of making making it all go into perspective. But that was my that was literally my best game because. I was just freewheeling. And, you know, every other Army-Navy game, it's like, oh, my God, it's Navy. <laughs> you, know, I gotta, you know, we got to beat Navy. So, uh, so yeah. I uh, believe your mm, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it was – I mean, man, it was – I mean, you just couldn't – again, you couldn't write a better script. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: Steve, real quick. Could you imagine Mike Mayweather in this era with social media – and the highlights all over the place, and oh this, my
1: goodness, be, man,
0: you would be a Heisman Trophy candidate every, every year. it would be crazy, right? It'd be uh, clips it uh, all over the place. His personality, I mean, it would be insane. I, I
2: know, uh, he'd probably be on uh, ESPN top 10 quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure, uh, well, you know, me and you would be, uh, me and you would be retweeting and tweeting, uh. Throughout the games, as <laughs> for another 90-yard sprint,
1: no, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't happen at the JY. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, have
2: to, I have to kind of go back to um, something because it's it's one, you know it's kind of like what um, what kind of makes Army football different is is the brotherhood. Yeah. Um that you have from your freshman to see it grow to your sophomore, to see some guys fall off, right? You don't Back. with everybody oh, yeah. that you finish with. Um and you having um Greg Gadsden as a uh, kind of senior leader when you're a freshman and kind of showing you what leadership, dedication, commitment, um, and how to be a peer leader on a team of leaders right we're all going to we're all leaders on that team um and trying to be a a a leader amongst leaders as uh colonel gene polka used to tell me um you know when he gave me my my counseling as a captain Mm -hmm. under his team um and kind of talk about how you went from kind of like the the follower to the leader throughout your career um and, and how how you how you adjusted kind of your style?
1: You know what, Steve. It I mean, you you really pretty much kind of hit on it in that you be, uh, you develop a brotherhood, and when you care about the people you play with, you want to see them do well. Your 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 natural leadership ability is going to come out. At the end of the day, what did I do, Steve? I just I just wanted to be excellent at what I did and I wanted to make sure everybody else, you know, was excellent as well. The biggest thing that I did for the underclass running backs, you know, in the in the running back room was to, to, to basically let them know, you know what? You know what? You can do what I can do. You know what? You know, I'm here. And you're gonna you're gonna have to do it better than I have than I can because I ain't giving up my spot. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you know what? You can accomplish what I did, and I think uh, what I would say is that that in our in our in our backfield, and of course, we back in the day, the running backs set the pace for the football teams <laughs> oh we like to believe man but <laughs> but but, at the, but that's really what it was and, you know pushing these and making these making these guys understand hey you know what first of all you got to do it because you know what there you it may come to call but you can do what I can do and and and, and carrying enough to you know push them To be the best that they can be, you know, and push them, you know, you know, not let them, you know, the one thing that's very easy to do for most anybody is feel sorry for yourself. I'm not the starting right. Oh no, no. You know what, dude? You're not starting. That means you gotta go and work a little harder. And you know, they take that to heart, you know, when you when when you're genuine about it. So Yeah, um, you
0: wanted to um talk to Steve, what before you came on, Mike and I were talking a little bit about what happened life after West Point for him, which was a unique situation. and How basically, you know, a lot of what um, was written for uh, service academy players to go into the to pros was based on based on Mike a little bit. So maybe Mike, you can maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit of what. We were talking about earlier with uh, the NFL and and what you did after West Point. Right. Because you think that the career that you had, Mike, right, you'd be destined to play in the NFL. But times were different than they are.
1: right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess the best way to tell the story is just to kind of kind of. Talk about what happened after West Point. Of course, I stayed on as a graduate assistant coach. And I don't know if you remember Mark Dawkins. Mark Dawkins was a was our tight end, class of 92. And he was a prototype tight end. He had the body, he had good speed. Uh, and so they um, I mean a lot of a lot of scouts were looking at him, NFL Scouts. He actually was another interesting story that tells you, kind of shows you how the world go around. He actually Mark goes to the uh, to the M- to the NFL Combine, and he actually winds up meeting and, and 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 I won't say befriending because they didn't spend a whole lot of time. My my buddy Turner, uh, because Turner was a tight end at Stanford, and so they were at the Combine together. But but during that time, that uh, what basically was happening was, uh, scouts were coming up. Uh, talk, you know, looking at Dawkins, and you know, they would ask me, you know, basically what my situation was and kind of, you know, where I was and whatnot, what have you. And what happened was, I don't know if you remember, uh, Carlton Jones, uh, called actually, not Carlton Jones, not, geez, I can't think of his name. He was actually the GA when I was a plebe. Uh, he was class of, I want to say, Maybe eighty six or eighty seven. I can't, it. It'll come to me. But you know, he was um, he was a he was a running back, Clarence Jones.
0: Clarence Jones, right? Clarence Jones. Clarence Jones.
1: Yeah. yeah, he was a running back, and he actually had gotten out on a verb on a verb for his class. And you know, he was trying to get he was getting into he was trying to get a look in NFL. And so we were kind of talking about. Uh, what he was going through. And then I don't know if you guys remember Napoleon McCallum from Navy. He was actually playing. I mean, he had, he had done, I think two years of his commitment, but the Navy was actually allowing him to play football and be in the Navy at the same time. So all of these things are going on. And so I'm like, okay, because when I, when I graduated and actually when actually junior year, you know, when you step in and they go, welcome to the army. <laughs> I, yeah, I pretty, much, I pretty much said to myself at that point, you know, I've got five years and you know what, if, if, it, if it works from there, so be it. But, you know, I was kind of resolved to, you know, but that, you know, I had that commitment to go. But that kind of what was, you know, in that backdrop, you know, I was like, okay, maybe there is a possibility. So, so I go. My my mentor actually lined up an agent for me. Uh, actually, what is his name? Harold Lewis. He who actually was a big agent in St. Louis at the time, represented uh, a few of the a few of the players, and actually represented a lot of Rams players when they came to St. Louis. But anyway, uh, and so you know, I kind of discussed the situation. And that's actually how I wound up in canada i actually did uh spend three weeks with the hamilton tiger cats and basically what he did was you know we kind of discussed the whole paper you know, what was going on uh with the paperwork and he you know he placed a few, a few calls around and so the tiger cats were interested even though i was i basically just started my process of uh of uh uh getting out of the army which was basically uh doing the paperwork and, you know I, I literally you know kind of examined what uh napoleon mccallum was doing and so when i fashioned my paperwork i fashioned it after that that was my model and so you know so i you know i i literally worked out my worked out on my own my uh my uh battery i was i was field artillery and so my battery commander was uh, he was actually an ROTC guy, really cool. The change of command was a West Point guy who wasn't so cool, <laughs> 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 which was which which was another which part of another reason why I kind of you know it, it was the emphasis to really really go after it. And so, but uh, so I submitted my paperwork, uh, and it, it was initially basically as an exception to policy because it it wasn't it hadn't been done. I nobody done it. And so that whole process literally took me a year and a half, (laughs) (laughs) took me a year and a half. And so uh, and basically what I did during that time, I had my my liaison, uh, another guy who was so instrumental in me getting to West Point, Bob Pickle. Uh, uh, He was my liaison officer. for admissions uh into West Point but he you know he had actually he he was actually a lawyer and had actually represented a few uh football players uh and so basically what we did he you know he he had some uh, he had his uh rolodex basically and so after the whole Tiger cat thing. I pretty much kind of came back. I came to the realization that, you know, at this point, because let me tell you, football in Canada is not the same thing. <laughs> but in fact, it's, what was interesting to me was they were they they, had, they actually had guys who would play, and it was, it was mostly most of the American guys that were there in Canada. It was a job to them. I mean, I mean, it was real and it was what they focused on. The Canadian guys, oh no, they were going to work and then coming to practice, and so, so you had that kind of dynamic going, and it was just, it was. I was like, oh no. And so when I got, so when I got back to Fort Sill and really, really started working on this thing and 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 you know trying to you know kind of put it, I realized at that point to myself that I just want a shot. And so it wasn't about canada anymore it was just having that shot at the nfl to see where i was um and so it, it, and i i won't say i fired him i fired her or her it was just that we just kind of you know we just kind of drifted and at that point i figured you know what if it's going to be it's going to be me and so i literally sent tape off to people I uh uh you know sent letters around and talking to folks and I li- I actually think uh I think the Eagles brought me in more as a publicity thing too because you know mm-hmm. people in Philadelphia were were probably familiar with Mike Mayweather so versus someone mm-hmm. else and so I think that was a part of it too and and, and I, you know I do think that they were genuinely interested in seeing where I was, but I think that was also a part of it. But you know, I appreciate uh, everything that they did. Uh, so, so I go, you know, so I'm working, them working through the paperwork thing, and and I guess this was May of, is uh, it '93 maybe? Yeah. yeah, I think it was May of '93. Uh, time starts to roll in <laughs> when you get old, like <laughs> altogether. Uh, uh the army said they were going to release me and so that's when I, that's when you know I pretty much uh got got hooked up with the eagles but of course even that process took 3 months <laughs> so and like i said i don't to this day i can't tell you why they put the stipulations on my release that they did knowing that they were going to release my class uh yeah they they could have just pushed me over into that vert, but they didn't. But that's that's the army. <laughs> you know how that is. And it was that whole that whole period was a interesting time for me. Uh my time with the Eagles was a wake up, um, meaning that uh as we were talking, Sal, before, I was not Mike Mayweather, the army's all time leading rusher uh i was mike mayweather a a street free agent and treated as such fact of the matter is it was a you know free you know if you're not if you know if you're not basically a second, a first or second round draft pick dude you're a number and they treat you like that and uh And what was what what was interesting to me was when I got to camp, when I got to rookie camp, there were several, there were a lot of guys actually who remembered me, and a few guys there that I had played with in some of the all star games because I played in the Hula in Japan Bowl. Uh, And the first, you know, what the first question was to me, it was Mike, what are you doing here? And that was it. That was that was very, very, very profound to me, and, and I, I, I understood why because the life of the average football player is not the the, the average pro football player is not what people think. I mean, you know, you know back then those guys were making $320,000 a year from a base standpoint, which is a lot of money for the average American. But if you're basically most of those guys didn't live in the cities that they played, they get taxed everywhere they go. You know, and and actually my brother, I, I got to when uh, the Rams came to St. Louis, I got to know a lot of the Rams players because a few of them again I played with and they knew about me. And uh, they remembered me for my days in army, and you know, you know, and, I, and like I said, I actually got close to a couple of the guys, and you know, there are a, a lot of those guys at the end of the season. I mean, and then remember, all of the players they get their, I mean, they literally get paid during the season. At the end of the season, that's it. So you know, if you haven't if you haven't saved up or planned well, a lot of those guys went through the off seasons not getting checks. And, you know, and the other thing is going into going into the into the camp, you know, back in the, my understanding was back in the day, you know, they would give you bonuses and stuff during camp. Oh, not not, not today. And not when I was going through. You literally made a stipend during camp, which was maybe well, maybe a couple hundred dollars a week. So. So it's a it's a, it's you know, if you're not again. If you're not that first second, you know, if you're not getting big bonuses, man, you're 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 you you. You're, you're, I mean, you're on you're in the thing, and that was part of of the decision. That and having to deal with, with coming down the pike, having signed that contract with the uh with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, they actually had a couple of coaches in Phillies camp. I guess they were there just kind of you know, seeing what Philly does and whatnot, or what have you. But when I left to go back to do my paperwork from the verb, I'd actually gotten a letter from them basically saying that we still own your rights or whatnot, or what have you. They didn't give me a big signing bonus when I when I went there. So it was probably something that could have been pretty work pretty much worked out. But I just didn't want it was it was such a wake up. You know, being in camp was such a wake up to me uh, and. And the other thing was, you know, I three years out, everything from me as a player is in, it was instinctive. And, you know, going through camp. And and here's the big thing. My problem was and and, and, this, and it and it just and it it's it was pretty much kind of a throwaway. And what I mean is um Herschel Walker. Was the feature back at the time, and they actually had a, a their second round draft pick was surround Stacy, who actually wound wound up not making the team. Von Hebron, he and I were at the depth chart together. We were kind of kind of in the same area. And He actually winds up making the team, and Saran Stacy doesn't, and it just you know. It, he was um he was an Alabama running back running behind big, big country boys offensive linemen. So so that's why you know that's why he was a second round pick. But the big thing for me, picking up those blitzes, man. And and, and you know what? As a as a young free agent running back, if you can't if you, if you can't pick up the blitz package, you ain't gonna see the field. And I actually, one of my issues was. That running back coach there, and to this day, I can't remember his name. Rich Kotite was the head coach, but that running back coach was, and I mean, he wasn't very good, mainly because he basically knew who his, you know, who his players were, you know, Herschel Walker and Saran Stacy. He he could he, he didn't care about what we did, you know. It, it, it's it's funny during pre uh, during uh individuals for practice rather than everybody all the young backs were having problems with plays and and with uh and with you know the blitz reads and whatnot or what have you instead of t- going to the field and doing walkthroughs I mean I mean doing footwork and actually you know doing things to help us read what were we doing doing individual work. We're doing agility drills. What the hell? How the hell is agility drills gonna help us make this football team? And that's you know that's what we were dealing with. And so so when I walked outside, literally and actually uh, my mentor we you know uh, T Bauer you know we kind of you know he kind of we kind of sat down and talked and kind of you know you know kind of you know went through it all. And I just. At, you know, I so say at that point I just decided to kind of go on with my life, and 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 you know I I you know I just you know it was I wanted to see where I was, and and time had passed me by, and as I was telling Sal before you came in, Steve, it has given me a, a deep amount of admiration for Roger Staubach. You know, he did five years. He did his commitment, and comes back, and you know, he's still at the top of his game. I mean, wow, it, it's amazing. You know, and there've been several other players who've been able uh, to to do that commitment and still get back on the field. So, uh, just I, you know, at that point, I just kind of, I just kind of moved on, and. Uh, uh, I do look back and wonder. (laughs) (laughs) I do wonder, Uh, but if you really got out right away, right? Yeah, Yeah. actually, I found out uh, from the scouts and kind of through the process that, and see what what really what I and again, it's coming being at West Point and not really understanding how the process worked. I actually should have gone, rather than taking those, and of course, you know how the academy is about things. I played in the Hula in Japan Bowl, so I so I didn't go right back to school. I went to Hawaii and Japan. And the reality of it is, if I wanted to play pro football, I needed to go to the combine. And so rather than taking those two weeks and going to the All-Star game, which was fun, oh, <laughs> I enjoyed. Uh, I, should, I should have use that and rather than I, I should have used that time and, 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 and leveraged myself with the account. Cause I probably, you know, they weren't letting me go into the combine, especially after, after two weeks with, <laughs> in, the hula, in the hula in Japan bowl. And, but I just, you know, I just didn't know, I didn't understand how, it, how, how it all really works. So. Hey, hey, real quick, Mike, this I'm a little bit behind in the conversation,
0: but I did a, a Google search of the 1993 Philadelphia Eagles team. Okay. And I see one, William Refrigerator Perry on the roster. Um, did you ever go up against him in practice? Well, you know, I know that means
1: old Fridge
0: Perry, you know. but.
1: It, because what happened was I actually, um, he because I, I signed and I was there for rookie camp. And then I was there for the first four days Okay, preseason camp. And a lot of the veterans hadn't come in yet. So, okay. Okay. I, I, did. I, I threw the, out the fridge. Work. I had
0: to throw out the fridge reference just for the <laughs> <laughs> So. Hey. Hey. You know. Real quick. Um. We really appreciate your time. You were at the Air Force game on Saturday, Army's big win, 21-14 win over Air Force in overtime. And you had a unique perspective about Army's offense. Uh, well, first from you playing in a wishbone-style offense, right, when you were at West Point and now seeing what they have now. And you got a unique perspective on what um, – maybe a, an idea of what they should do with Tyrell Robinson, right? <laughs> I mean, from what, you, from what yeah. you've seen uh, close mm-hmm. – uh, the talent that he has. I don't know if he – Kind of reminds you of your reminds you see a little bit of yourself in him, but what, um, what, why don't you why don't you let, uh, well, let us well about
1: that? Well, first thing I let I'll, I'll start this I'll start this conversation by saying that I love what uh, Monken has done with the football team. Actually, the biggest thing I see uh, is that uh, the, uh, the our defense our defensive play yo nothing against you steve (laughs) but they are playing some of the best defensive football that i've seen at army since i was there i mean they they fly around and i i think you know what i think is it's a how how what weight did you play at, steve uh i played at about 230 220.
2: 240
1: 240, okay uh what i think is what i think is happening. the game changed and so You know, back when I was there, it was about the 240-pound run-stuffing linebackers. Now it's you know you got to be you got to be more mobile, and so I think that you know you got to be light on your feet. So it's not about how big you are; it it literally is about your athleticism and 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 and, and your toughness, Uh, and that plays mightily into academy football. You know, through you know through that trial period of them trying to open up and be like everybody else, what we got away from was the toughness that, I mean, I mean, it's one of the things that uh, would happen. You know, I, you know, I enjoyed it a lot after football games, especially Sir, so, sir, so, you know, you would hear the players, you know, when you're walking up and down, and say, I hate playing these guys. And because literally, because we just, just chop them down. Syracuse, you know, actually in, in, in the, I played with a couple of a few of the Syracuse guys in the Hula Bowl, Hula and Japan Bowl. They they were both together and th- they made it a point to tell me that they hated playing against us because because all the top blocks, because, you know, and just because they had to play for four quarters. And that's what that's what uh, Army football was about. That's what the wishbone and actually the triple option the option offenses lends itself to it's not about how big you are and, and you know you don't have to be 300 pounds and and bench press 300 pounds and try to move people around you know linemen or are, are, are basically you know they're reach blocking and doing a whole bunch of different things um but uh i don't know so i don't but and i don't know if there there's been a rule change to kind of change things but If you when you look at Navy and you look at Air Force and you look at Army, they're running similar offenses. But, you know, it's not, you know, as I was telling Sal back in the day, yeah, we ran the triple option and the double option. But we were a power running football team. Sixty percent of the yards that I gained in my career was from tackle to tackle. So you know forty, you know forty twos and forty ones trap inside traps and that kind of thing, and uh, we I re- I mean uh, is it, is his first name Terrell Rob? It's Terrell, right? Or is it Terrell or uh, number twenty one? What's his first name? I don't I can't remember what his first name is. Is it Terrell Robinson?
0: Yeah, Tyrell Robinson. Tyrell, Tyrell
1: Robinson. Yeah, he <laughs> and this is what I mentioned to. Uh, some of my classmates on on Saturday, they need to put him in the eye, pitch him the ball, give him you know give him put a put the fullback in front of him and do some iso blocks. I mean, they need to put the ball in his hands a lot more than what he's getting, uh, and because he's 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 a talented running back, and and I actually. I mean, his first two years have kind of been wasted because he just not, you know, I mean, he's shown you like the touchdown pass that he caught, you know, and basically just beat everybody down the field. He's got the talent. And and, and I understand why the offense works the way it does because it, it, it does work. But man, you've got it. and And what, what's kind of interesting is what we did, you know, again, our base offense was wishbone. But one of the things Coach Young did while I was there, we actually, uh, and, it, and we didn't invent it. We got it from Colorado, but we went to pretty much an eye bone where I was in the eye, broken bone. And what did we do? I mean, we ran forty-two. I mean, inside tackle plays, uh, you know, uh, counter, you know, counters and, and that kind of thing. So um, they,
2: they started giving him that inside counter play.
1: Right, I saw that. that a, but you inside, know what? The, that
2: inside counter with the fullback going the opposite yeah. way. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, he had you a know couple. what? Man? Big run. Oh, that. All, that we called it. We called it forty forty one back in the day, and it was an with the guards in the center. I love that play because oh. I. I mean, oh, I mean, it's. I mean, I. 20 25 yards a pop because you know they're so <laughs> i mean i mean i'm, 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 I'm not kidding like right, right, talking 20
2: 25 yards of pop
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man i, I love that play and it's it literally because like guys like you you know they're they're stepping up trying to meet us on those ISOs we're doing the last thing they're you know you know they're more concerned about getting ready to take on that you know That you know take on Ben Barnett, then they are worried about somebody coming back. So it was it was a great play. But you know what? I would love to see them shoot. You know you know go double. You know go 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 power backfield and you know let let him you know let him run inside and find his hole and 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 use his talent. So
0: yeah, I think that you know what they do sometimes they're going in a shotgun formation, right? Where they have Mm -hmm. might have two guys alongside the quarterback, and they then they either lead the quarterback a lot with the fullback. I I I'll I'll I don't know. I mean it just you know think what like-
1: Sal so I hate that shotgun trying to run up the middle thing. It's too obvious. And you don't really get a I mean you look, I mean you're coming from a two-point stand. You can't get you look know, you can't get up enough steam from that stance and you gotta you gotta go through there. You gotta bust through there, Earl Campbell style. You can't be playing around on the inside. An Earl Campbell reference. <laughs> Earl <laughs> Campbell. That was Earl Campbell was my idol growing up. That's I mean I, I get, I get, it. I get it. We love it. We love it here. We love it. <laughs> There's a lot of people's idols. That's for sure. Right. But that's the whole thing. I mean, you gotta. For instance, why is Alabama so good? They line up. And they come right at you. They it's down. You can't do downhill running from the shotgun, and that's what it's about. It's about downhill angle running. You're not trying. You're not trying to. There's. I was. You know, five seven, at five seven hundred and eighty five pounds. People always. You know, people who didn't really know what the wishbone was about, they always considered me a scatback. I was not a scat (laughs) It was it was five yards in a in a a, a cloud of smoke. (laughs) Yeah,
2: just going north and south, right, Mike? North and south,
1: right? It's called it's called angle run, angle run. Yeah, well uh
0: man, it's been great uh hearing your stories, Mike, and really catching up with you. It's been really awesome. Steve, do you have mm-hmm. any other uh a final question you'd like to ask me? Yeah, it's like
2: I just you know, I always try to catch up with the old grads um, you know, mm-hmm. as much as possible. Where where are you living now and uh, what's kind of your 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 day to
1: day? okay well i am in fate texas uh i actually grew up and naturally when i left the military uh, i went back home to st louis uh and kind of was there basically until we moved to texas. i didn't i actually was a real estate broker in the state of missouri and actually we moved here to texas because of the 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 demise of the real estate uh we'll say the industry in 2007, 2008. So we moved here, uh, gone through a, a few different jobs. But of course, when we moved here, I said to myself, I'd never get back into real estate again. <laughs> but low and below, there's, here's, that's where I am. I actually started a real estate company again. Uh, I've been uh, basically here in the state of Texas. You've got to uh, be, you have you've got to, be an agent for four years before you can get your broker's license. So I'm two years in waiting to get my broker's license. I actually started my company and set it up under how they allow me to do it. But I'll really, really start to focus in on bringing people in when I've got my own broker's license. But in that, in this time, I'm just kind of building a model of what I'm going to do when I'm able to get my broker's license and, and start to bring people in myself. So at this stage, I am uh, I'm pretty much just an independent realtor focusing on uh, buyer representation. That's the, That's that's my that's my niche. So
2: That's awesome, Mike. And mm-hmm. uh, definitely, uh, you know, Texas is a big state. Love traveling <laughs> there. So I'll, I have to well, yeah. I have to hit you up every time I, I come through.
1: Now, Steve, you're in. Colorado now, or
2: yeah, yeah, I'm in I'm in Fort Carson now. Uh,
1: Fort just Boston. got
2: here, yep, yeah, just got here, and uh, just recently picked up major, so I'll be going to the the ILE, uh, you know, the major's academic course uh, next year. So yeah, um,
1: what branch, and, branch did you go?
2: Um infantry. So
1: you ever-
2: sim- infantry, <laughs> yeah. similar, you know, similar to like um. You know, Steve, I, all
1: football players are supposed to go FA. Uh,
2: yeah, football association. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> so, it
1: was uh,
2: awesome, awesome hearing your story, Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, without really you knowing it, um, you were a, kind of a, a big, kind of mentor for my class. Um, really, you know, Coach Kawika Ben Kawika was yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, was our defensive coordinator at the prep school um and uh of course you know he looked up to you and mm-hmm. um i know pat mealy you know you know mm-hmm. we had carlton jones as a ga for us so we oh did had- you really yeah oh, yeah carlton yeah. right okay yeah, so we, we, uh, we all
1: knew now was joe, was joe uh was joe ross at, yeah ross at, at,
2: was our the... was our uh cep guy at the time okay, okay. um And uh, we just, you know, it's just been awesome catching up with you, Mike, and uh, just kind of growing my brotherhood a little bit bigger each time, Uh talking to, um, uh, you know, an an old grad, as we are now, Uh um, Uh kind of hearing where they're at, what they're doing, how they got to where they're at, and it's just, it's a really
0: cool story, Mike.
1: I appreciate it, Steve. I appreciate you saying
0: Army football royalty, Steve. In, in, in a couple of words, I mean, we're talking to a, a legend here, and we appreciate Mike sharing his story um, for this inter, this interview and more. You can check our YouTube page out our, our YouTube. We have we just interviewed Kel Walker. We interviewed Darnell Wolfolk. Um, we're gonna have a lot more of the of the older football grads on old grads. Sorry, Mike. Um, you, know, <laughs> well,
1: you know, well, you know what, Sal, I have come to. Respect my elder statesman status. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this has been great. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for joining us, Mike. We'll have to do this again very soon. And uh, no problem. we really appreciate
1: your time. Nobody, hey, anytime, guys, anytime. All right. Take care, Steve. Take care, take, take care of your young boys there. Get them ready. <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Night.